The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. Our friends at Podswag.com have gotten an incredible promotion for you right now. When you purchase any of our glassware, such as pint glasses or LaGreca pub glasses, you'll get 30% off. That's right. 30% off on all of our glassware, which is the lifeblood for all our daddy sodas and LaGreca shit. So take advantage of this deal while you can because supplies won't last. Once they're gone, they're gone. So the glassware that we have available at podswag.com slash busted open, that's it. So when they're sold, you ain't going to see them again. So make sure you go to podswag.com slash busted open. I am drinking currently out of my busted open bully ray glass. Nice. So I'm drink I'm drinking out of that. So and then and then once the show is over, maybe even before the show is over, I have my Stone Cold Steve Austin's Broken Skull IPA, and I'll be drinking that out of my uh, La Greca Daddy Soda pub glass. Make sure you get them right now at potswag.com/busted-open and get thirty percent off. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. Happy Austin 316 Day. We'll celebrate with one of the greatest ever WWE Hall of Famer Mick Foley sharing some memories and moments of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Also, we'll get into AEW Dynamite. We'll talk about the trio's championship match to end Dynamite. And, of course, the rebar mitzvah of MJF. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Also, we'll talk about Chris Brown. Let's get into the main event from last night. And I'm a little confused, guys. So maybe Bully and Tommy, and Tommy, you first could help me. I thought it was a very good main event, very entertaining main event. Uh, a lot of great moments, especially between Kenny Omega and Jericho last night that that crowd was hot for. Um, I thought a really good match. Uh, obviously, the House of, Black, uh, House of Black retained those trios championships last night. And then you had the brawl that took place after the match and the Blackpool Combat Club coming out, the, the Dark Order spilling to, you know, to ringside. And then you had that moment with Hangman Page with the elite behind him and them kind of chasing off. I shouldn't even say chasing off. They slowly backed out of the ring, the Blackpool Combat Club. And I thought it was a good way to, to go off the air last night. 
But there are a lot of people that are kind of shaking their heads about it. And I'm going to throw it out to the nation, 877-344-4893, 877-FIGHT93, what they thought about that match. But I saw a conflicted Hangman page because obviously him and Moxley do not see eye to eye. Him and the Elite don't see eye to eye. I thought that was a really good way of going off the air last night. Uh, what do you think, Tommy? Uh, man, I was a little conflicted. I was conflicted, uh, for a little, uh, a few things. One, when we're talking about trios and rules of trios, I thought it would have been three men in the ring at all times. So, um, I was confused at that part because it was basically a regular tag team match, but I thought a trios, a trio, uh, six, six person would have three guys wrestling at all times. Um, but anyway, uh, I loved a lot of the match. I was, I saw how much time they had and I was like, Whoa, they're going to give this some time. And it was exactly what it was in the sense of it had such a main event feel and big fight feel that Winnipeg crowd was super duper hot, rightfully. So, uh, I was very, very happy for like the Kenny Omegas. You could see, Dave, when you're wrestling in your hometown in such a a, a big show like that, and then you have two of the most iconic Winnipeg wrestlers there, you know, getting to be in the same match, it, it's rare. And then, you know, how they built it up for the tags and then taking it away um, with, with Brody King coming in, I loved it. Took people on an emotional roller coaster. It was pop of pops. Um, so much to the point where wrestlers were stepping over their pops to get to the next pop. Uh, to your point for the end, I actually was like, why are they showing this brawl in the middle of this amazing match? I then lost it when they were like, and this is like, I don't know the exact words said, but I was like, are they trying to say that these people have been fighting this entire time? Um, So it was the end. Man, that crowd was so hot. The finish bully said it was kind of flat. And then it gave extra anticipation for the where we're going to go with next, which I did think was interesting. Um, when you're going to have these, like such over entities, you either got to go for heat to screw them in their hometown. Um, and then it was like, but don't try to make the people forget it. But when when that, that was kind of like that, sometimes things get overbooked or there's, I mean, there's a lot of moving parts to what we what what went down last night and what was a really, really good match. And again, television-wise, the people were like, huh, until Hangman Page came back out. And now it's like, oh, then I understood why they did it, but I was like, why did they do that here? So that's kind of where I took it from. I loved the match. I loved every single thing about it. It was exciting. And like I said, the people were, if you watch, people were on their feet their entire match. And also don't know if they had so many great pop worthy stuff that people were tired because I think the match went 
to the ring at like 137 and you still have a you know 23 minutes to go in, in a match like this and when you have the competitors and the and the ability of the talent that they work like that it's just off the charts it really and truly is yeah, that that match was just about I, I, at least it was like nineteen, maybe close to twenty minutes long last night. That was a pretty lengthy match, as you said, Tommy. They gave that match a lot of time, which I was actually excited for. And obviously, part of what you see, especially with the Jericho Appreciation Society, is the entrance. And you knew you're going to get a very loud and vocal entrance for Jericho Appreciation Society last night. But it does kind of give you it. it this is why I liked it. And then, Bully, I want to get your take. And I understand what you're saying, Tommy, but one of the complaints that we've had about AEW and one of the things that we've loved about WWE over the last seven to eight months is a bit of those cliffhanger endings. And I thought last night for AEW, there's a bit of a cliffhanger ending that makes you want to tune in the next week to see what's going to happen next. You don't really get that a lot. Uh, with AEW and we got it and we got that last night which I think is a good sign and I think it's pointed in uh, the right direction Uh, Bully what did you think Uh, you already talked about the match itself but what did you think at the end and what did you how did you feel about how the way they went off the air last night when I said that the finish was flat I was talking about the actual finish of the match with uh, them hitting that driver-esque move if you listened to the audience, they were really into this match from start to finish, especially right off the bat when before anybody even touched, you're getting holy shit chance. I mean, that's when you know you have them in the palm of your hand, especially when Kenny and Chris came in for the first time. I mean, the place is standing ovation the whole nine yards. So that's the wave that I was riding last night in this match, that these people were super invested. I don't even care if it's both of the guys' hometown of Winnipeg. There's probably a large portion of people sitting at home who don't even realize that they're both from Winnipeg. All they hear is this audience going crazy and having a great time. And all I know is if I'm sitting home watching this, that seems like a show that I want to go to. So then we get to the finish of the match. But if you if you listen to the finish, it was completely flat. I don't think the people expected that to be the finish or were unhappy with the finish. I liked the way they went off the air with a with a cliffhanger. I like how it was very abrupt where you're like, wait, wait, what the frick just ha- did? Like anybody that watched that on DVR must have been like, shit, my DVR stopped recording. <laughs> yeah. You know? Uh, yeah. It was, it reminded me, and I'm not comparing AEW to the Sopranos, but it reminded me of the abrupt ending of the last episode of the Sopranos, where the entire family is sitting at the diner, in the diner, at the table, and then all of a sudden, the screen goes black. And you basically, you sat back in your chair and you went, wait, what, that's it? What, what, yeah. what, what, what just happened? Well, that was the end of Sopranos. The benefit is next week we'll probably get to see what happened when they went off the air. Or we'll see this week or maybe today on social media, AEW will release. This is what happened when they off, went off the air. I actually saw already what happened when they went off the air. I won't reveal it here. Hopefully, you know, when the time is right, the rest of the wrestling universe gets to see it. Um, 
last night's main event was extremely exciting. Like I said about the refereeing, could care less about the refereeing last night because that's not where traditional refereeing and uh, rules apply. Good stuff. A little bit of a flat finish and that giant question mark. Remember, remember, guys, and obviously you you will remember when the Georgia Championship Wrestling would go off the air on TBS. It's breaking down. Oh, my God, what's going to happen? We only got 30 seconds of TV time left. And we'd actually be staring at the clock or staring at your watches and looking at the second hand going, oh, my God, uh, there's only 15 seconds left. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? And then it would go off the air. And then you'd have to tune in next week. So I like that type of storytelling. I do not like when we open up the chapter at 8 o'clock. And then, I'm sorry, when we open up the book at 8 o'clock and then we close the book at the end of the show. I like those cliffhanger endings. I like that soap opera type feel. Another great thing uh, that they did that I've always say WWE is the best at, um, positioning, ring positioning, um, camera positioning. It's so simple when here comes the hangman page stuff. The elite is on one side, hangman's in the middle, and, you know, the uh, BC, whatever they are, John Moxley's club. Blackpool Combat Club. Blackpool Combat Club. They're in the middle, and I'm sorry, they're on the one side, hangman's in the middle. That's when you heard the people be like, oh, now I understand. You know, uh, WWE, like I said, does it great. Specifically, the one shot of uh, Jay Uso watching when Sammy was wrestling Jimmy, and then he comes in. It's a hard shot. Then they go in tight. They don't do the hug. They go outside to the floor. They hug. Then the super kick. Like all those things. It's like we got you. And in this, it was just like, oh, interesting, interesting. So that that is the cool part when things are done correctly, properly. Yeah, I, I agree, Tommy. And Bully, I want to go back to something that you just said, because and I'm being completely honest here. When when I turned off my TV and I went to bed after Dynamite last night, that ending reminded me of Georgia Championship Wrestling. And I went back and thought of, and Tommy, I know I've talked about this with you, the first ever pro wrestling show I ever saw on TV was Georgia Championship Wrestling. And it was, and I remember it like it was yesterday. The first thing I saw was Gordon Soley interviewing Mad Dog Buzz Sawyer. Then they go to break. They come back from break, and Tommy Rich had a match. And then when Tommy Rich's match was over, he was being interviewed by Gordon Soley, and then he was attacked by Buzz Sawyer. Then the the action spilled into the ring and they're fighting in their mad dog Buzz Sawyer and Tommy Rich are fighting in the ring. And then I hear Gordon Soley screaming like, you know, Pier Six Bro, we're running out of time, you know, you know, and 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 then the show and I remember, I remember sitting on the couch saying, Whoa, whoa, like what? What what what? Like and I had to tune in that next week to see what the hell just happened. What was the follow up to that? There's been very few times since AEW has been on the air where we've had moments where it was like, what, what, what? I, I, 
oh my god, I have to tune in next week to see what the conclusion is of of what I just saw. We've talked about it a lot here on Busted Open that that's more of what they need to do. I feel like they did that last night to end that show. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. We are full speed on the road to WrestleMania. This is Dave LaGreca, host of Busted Open, a SiriusXM podcast. Join me and the Busted Open team every day for the best pro wrestling talk on the planet. It's all leading up to WrestleMania in L.A., where Busted Open will be coming to you live April 1st from the iconic Whiskey A Go-Go in Hollywood. To find out how you can join, stay tuned to Busted Open or on Twitter at Busted Open Radio. Download Busted Open every afternoon on the SXM app or wherever you get your podcasts. And it's funny, Bully, we were talking about this man uh, just the other day. We were talking about one of the greatest Hall of Fame classes of all time uh, before WrestleMania 29 at Madison Square Garden. That's when this man was inducted Hall of Famer, one of the true icons in the world of pro wrestling, and that is the one and only Mick Foley. Mick, good morning, and thank you so much for the time. Hey, it's great to be with you guys. Can you hear me okay? Yep, we hear you fine. Excellent. Obviously, this is a national holiday. We want to talk to you about how you celebrate on Austin 316 Day. But I do want to tell the audience that you are going to be out in L.A. uh, for WrestleMania. You're going to be a part of WrestleCon. And also, Mm -hmm. you're going to be with our very own Mickey James at WrestleMania 3 at the Biltmore Hotel out in L.A. after night number one of WrestleMania. So you're going to be pretty busy out in L.A. for WrestleMania week. Yeah. Yeah, I was excited. Uh, WrestleMania just kind of fell together. Uh, Mickey was reaching out to me because uh, Conrad Thompson and I had reserved that Saturday spot to do something. So uh, when I contacted Conrad, I was like, what are we doing? He goes, we, we don't have anything planned yet. And I, so I told him the Mickey situation. And he goes, you don't, would you rather do that? And I said, yeah. So Mickey went from wondering if she could get a, a spot on my event to having the event with me hosting it. And I feel really That's good awesome. about it. How, how exactly does a fashion icon such as yourself uh, <laughs> become the host of Trestlemania? Hey, I was on say yes to the dress. Uh, <laughs> so, 
that automatically uh, makes me an expert. Well, and, and, and listen, Mick, I know you're busy, but if you find yourself uh, on April 1st at between uh, noon and 2 Pacific time in front of the Whiskey-A-Go-Go, because I'm sure there's a lot of times that Bully probably woke up in front of the Whiskey-A-Go-Go at 12 o'clock Pacific time on a Saturday, uh, we are doing our show at the Whiskey, which I'm very excited about. I've never been to the Whiskey, so uh, I'm excited about that, but... I think that's the excitement about L.A., and I think this is going to be a really historic weekend coming up for this year's WrestleMania. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Mania always has that international feel anyway. Like, you go to WrestleCon, I'd say close to 50% of the people you meet have traveled from other lands uh, to be there. And with it being Los Angeles, which is such a tourist destination anyway, yeah, it should be, it should, it should be nice. Mick. Hey, Mick. Go okay, ahead. Tommy. Uh, I was just talking like you're a cerebral wrestler. You're somebody who thinks about things. You also think so differently. Brilliant. Uh, and I don't throw that word around uh, with a lot of people, but I, I remember working with you um, as well as like you wanted almost everything to matter. Um, I would say the same about Steve Austin. And, you know, but you also guys room together. You travel together from times in WCW, then to WWE. So, I mean, you're a perfect person to have that. Like, did he always have that drive slash want to be that guy? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> you were there in ECW. Yep. Uh, when Steve arrived. Uh, Bob, I'm not. I'm not sure if you were there, Bully. Sorry, I always make that. We mistake. we actually debuted on the same night in Middletown, New York. Oh, no kidding. Yep. So you know <clears throat> what it was like to have this this great, uh, uh, almost like spontaneous combustion in a positive spontaneous combustion type of way, where you have the drive and the uh, the anger. Uh, just he, he was really a focal, not a focal point of his career, but a very important point of his career. And he just took off there with us. Now, WWE, uh, essentially, you you were seeing Stone Cold Steve Austin before he had a name put on him. You know, well, well, I don't know if Stone Cold would have done the uh, the 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 night Monday Nightwell and <laughs> Jarrett Tall on a pole match. I, I, that, but you were seeing Steve using that anger in a very, uh, very positive way. So I do. Yeah. I think he always had the drive and, um, but uh, I, if you had to pick pivotal moments, not only the, the promo where he, uh, he cuts the Austin 316 promo with uh, Michael Hayes after beating Jake Roberts at the uh, King of the ring. But the other moment for me is uh, when we first realized this guy was willing to go places that we had not seen him go for promos. Mick, what was it like working with Steve? Not necessarily in the ring, because we could see with our own eyes the physicality, the action, and how we were emotionally invested. Take me behind the curtain a little bit. How was it to work with him and discuss matches or to do business with him did you find steve relatively easy a little bit more difficult did you share the same visions kind of bring us into that process yeah good question uh, look one of the things uh uh that you know drove both steve and i was uh, the mark marrow 
contract. That's not Mark's fault. And I've apologized to Mark in person uh, for taking out some of that frustration on him, you know, in, in written, maybe even, you know, interviews type of things. Um, but that really drove us. Um, so when, when I had a chance to work with Steve, he, I had the chance in WCW and he and Pillman were just fantastic as a team, one of the best teams of that era. But when you saw post 316, when you saw that character taking off, I mean, it was immediate. You had a character that was getting pushed anyway, even even when it was the ringmaster, he was getting pushed. He was with DiBiase at the million dollar belt, but it wasn't a perfect fit. Now we become Stone Cold Steve Austin. And within a couple months of making that name change, there's that 316 promo. We use the term, you know, <clears throat> the rocket trip quite a bit. But in this case, it's almost like you could see him just like, <laughs> just arching out of view and everything you did with him. Did you have, did you guys have a chance to work with Steve when he was <clears throat> during his WWE run? No. So I'll just say that I had set the bar pretty high as to what I hope to achieve and like what type of reactions I could get. And then when I had a chance to work with Steve, uh, heel mankind versus baby face, uh, Steve Austin and later, you know, heel dude love every single thing he did or that you did to him resulted in a bigger reaction than I'd ever dreamed I was capable of. And now you're getting that reaction 25 times a night. And so you're, uh, you know, somebody asked me about Steve's, you know, the, Steve was snug, right? And somebody said, well, what, did you ever talk to him in the dressing room? I was like, what? <laughs> Steve Austin, you've just received a better reaction for every single thing you've ever done, that everything you did than anything you've ever done previously. And you're going to sit that guy down and tell him to take it easy on you? No, he can, uh, Steve was safe, but snug. Mick, Mick but, but I, Tommy, I just want to follow up on that. I'm sorry, sure. but Mick, like myself and Tommy have been around you enough to know that when you're passionate about an idea or where you have come up with something, yeah. you, you are very, you're, you're aggressive in wanting to sell that idea and get it across. And I know you hope that your opponent or the guy that you're working with is as into it as you. Have you ever brought something to Steve that you wanted to do where he was not on board with it and you had to hard sell him on that? Like, What's that process like? Well, I did try to sell Steve on the idea that uh, dude's claim was that Steve was ogling him in the shower. <laughs> Steve he wasn't going for it. A visual, just visually. Yeah, that Steve did not even think uh, as a baseless accusation that, that was a good way to promote a wrestling match. But when, I, especially when I had the, uh, the, you know, the two, well, there's more than two that stand out, but the two is dude love. I firm, well, first of all, I wasn't even sure going into that first match, the, uh, uh, in your house match, you know, I think April of, uh, 90, April of 98, whether dude could even hang with Steve on a main event level. So I was just absorbing whatever it is that Steve wanted to do with maybe a few suggestions. And then once that match went really well, better than I'd been expecting, I think I was much freer to bring up ideas. But we were both on this. The thing is, we were both on the same page in that 
I knew, we both knew Steve was the guy and I was just a guy. So we both had the same goal, which was to feature him as prominently as possible. And this big second match, the one where Ed Vince is the uh, referee and he was spectacular. That was, you know, again, to create as big of a, a cloud of smoke as we possibly could. Bells and whistles, back before the bells and whistles were, were such a norm. Um, and have the best match we possibly could. And that's what we did. You know, we talked about the Austin 316 promo a lot this morning. And Bully was talking about the only other promo that he could compare it to was the Dusty Hard Times promo. I remember watching that promo on NWA's Worldwide Wrestling and thinking, oh, that's what a great moment. But I didn't think much of that after it. It wasn't until years later where it started to be bring up more and more. When you first heard the Austin 316 promo at King of the Ring, and he hit two home runs in that promo because he did the Austin 316 and then, and then how he ended that promo as well. Did you know at that time that this this was something significant or did you yeah. figure it out later? Oh, okay. Yeah, I think we, we all felt it. I can't remember. Uh, I think my match with The Undertaker had uh, was on right before that. I'm not sure that was my first pay-per-view. So I was really excited. If I hadn't been on yet, I was super nervous. But it was one of those things you knew as soon as you heard it. And plus, now adding to the list, not adding to the legend in that it's not true, but it becomes part of the Stone Cold legend is that he had to get stitched up in between uh, matches. And so you've got him hitting this amazing line with the stitches. Uh, He just like reeked of credibility uh, and, you know, reeking in a good way, like an edge and Christian type of way. (laughs) <laughs> Mick, um, I always say this, when you're a part of greatness, you don't realize it uh, in the sense of like when you're creating history, when you're in part of changing of something that you love, um, you were in that, like, did you realize it or was it just like, wow, my paychecks are going up because the houses are going up like that mindset? Because, I mean, you were there when WWE was getting their butt kicks from WCW and that whole situation, like, did you real? I know you you take in the moments, um, but did you realize that, like, wow, this is this is different? Yeah, we actually started getting kind of hot. Uh, I guess that'd be pretty hot as a as a company somewhere in late '96 because I remember all of the brass, you know, Vince, uh, uh, Bruce Pritchard. Uh, on down we're at our house show in uh, Rosemont uh, Illinois because that was the first major house show to sell out in quite a while so we had some momentum going even before um, well before we started winning the ratings uh, but even before the Austin uh, 316 because you had a few different characters that were hitting their stride you know uh, Gold Dust had been a big uh a big hit. I thought I did pretty well. Steve now takes off like a rocket. So I think we we had some momentum going even before that moment, but it was tangible. You could feel it uh, that something was different as soon as that promo was cut. Wow, that's pretty amazing when you think about it. Because I don't know if you have that anymore. Where and you could say that in in all sports 
where you start to see and start to feel the momentum start to build. So that's interesting that, again, house shows are starting to sell out. And then that was the first time, as you said, in a long time that that happened. So I don't know if you'll ever... And we we talked about this earlier in the show. Will there ever be another wrestler like a Stone Cold Steve Austin that changes the business, that changes the landscape, that builds that kind of momentum? Will we ever see somebody like that again, in your opinion, Mick? Well, we saw lightning strike twice with Steve and The Rock. Um, I don't know. You know, the one knock I would have, you know, when my son was uh, one of the main writers for NXT was, Wow, that was great. That was great. That was great. I don't remember anybody's name because people tended to look and uh, wrestle similarly. A couple of exceptions, but I'd be hard pressed to <clears throat> to name uh, a handful of people even after watching a major show. So I, 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 you know, Rock was he'd grown up with in his blood. Steve was one of the last people in my generation to be uh, a, a territory guy. And so he was able to build that up. I, I, I don't know if we're going to see somebody like Steve again. Uh, I really don't know if you're going to see someone who changes things that rapidly, uh, that uh, fully. Uh, is, is, is there any truth to the story of you and Steve um, having a competition to see who could rent the cheapest rental car? <laughs> that sounds more like me and Owen. Uh, Steve was frugal too I don't think Steve and I ever had a contest um yeah and now you know you 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 become a creature of habit and you have your places that you know I'm not I'm not gonna go off site to save five dollars anymore and probably my days are sleeping in my car over but uh (laughs) back in the day brother I didn't need a contest to get a rent a cheap rental car (laughs) uh I wanted to ask you your personal in-ring favorite that you were involved with with Steve Austin? Oh, man. I'd say it has to be uh, um, our second uh, pay-per-view, In Your House pay-per-view, because I am uh, Mr. In Your House. We even have the theme song to prove it. Uh, The May uh, 1998, uh, I think it was called Over the Edge. That was probably my favorite favorite match and just that phenomenal high of being part of what was a great, I thought a great finish knocks out Vince makes the count with Vince's own hand. Yeah, it was, that was, uh, that was a top 10 match for me for sure. If you're a Mr. In your house, I would like to officially claim uh, that I was Mr. Sunday night heat. Just, just put it that up. (laughs) Mick, I I want to appreciate you joining us, helping us celebrate uh, for Austin 316 Day. Again, you're going to be out in L.A. for WrestleMania. You're going to be uh, at WrestleCon and again on the night of WrestleMania, uh, first night of, of WrestleMania. You're going to be hosting hosting WrestleMania 3 with our very own uh, Mickey James. So, uh, Mick, we look forward to seeing you out there in L.A. And thank you for the time again. Hey, thank you. Uh, keep up the great work. I had a long ride from uh, Louisiana to Huntsville, Alabama, about a nine-hour drive. So I listened to three episodes of Busted Open. You guys do great stuff. Thanks, man. Who do you who do you like more on the show, <laughs> me or Bully? <laughs> hey, what kind of position are you putting me in here? I'm, I, I'm, ju- I'm just asking for an honest one. That's all, Mick. Who makes you grab the <laughs> steering wheel a little tighter?
They can't handle my honesty, Mick. <laughs> Mick, thank you See so that. much. Appreciate Thanks, the time. Man. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. SiriusXM Podcasts. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.